0: Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Sony Kondo. Kondo is Sony's core philosophy, which roughly translates into the power of emotional connection and serves as a foundation for Trip, a unique experience for content creators. Under the guidance of leading photographers, filmmakers, educators, and social experts, you'll explore new ways to create, share, and build your brand. You'll be in the company of like-minded creatives and leading representatives of one of the best brands in the world. With food, tech, and cheer galore. Learn more about Sony Condo at alphauniverse.com. What's going on, world? Prince McClinton here with another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast coming to you live from Sun River, Oregon at Sony Condo 3.0. I got Eric Rubens, aka E Rubes 1, sitting across from me. He's a fantastic lifestyle photographer from SoCal. Uh,
1: Stop and blush Epic,
0: epic, epic dude I uh, had the opportunity to uh, Kick it with Eric A few months back In New York City we rode in the car Back to the airport together Kicked in the airport for hours Chopped it up about life Business, mastery uh, You know design, Instagram, marketing, software, engineering, you name it. We covered the gamut, and I'm just
1: really stoked to have you here today. Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me. That was a a good talk. We almost missed our flights. We just kept (laughs) chatting in the airport forever.
0: (laughs) Dude, it was really sick. Uh, Yeah, good times. uh, Why don't you start by giving the AOV community a little bit of background on yourself?
1: Yeah, I grew up in uh, San Diego. It's where I kind of first got interested in photography. I was an electrical engineer, at the time and I was just kinda of looking for an outlet after work to uh, you know, I got an hour or two of sunlight left and maybe go surf, go run on the beach and eventually just kinda of got to the point where I was most passionate about going and shooting the sunset. And so this is like the right when Instagram was coming out and it was like a really nice to have a tool to be able to post work primarily for like my family and friends at the time. And uh this is like before there was really any money in the platform. Like businesses were just getting on it and so for me, it was just like a really, it was almost like a game at first. Like you could just post and like random people would see your stuff around the world and you could see other inspiring places around the world that you didn't know existed. So for me, it was like never, never a business, even like consideration at that time or to treat it as a business. It was just something purely fun, like after work. And, uh, it just got to be so cool for me that like every single day after work, like the, you never knew what the sunset was going to look like and. The tide changes every day, like the surf changes every day. There's different people at the beach. There's so many different beaches, and so it was just kind of fun to be able to every single day, like, be have something to look forward to after work.
0: Dude, I love it, and I mean, it shows how even dedicated you were back then. I mean, because you were working a nine to five, yeah, yeah, and you're in SoCal, which means the sunset, like, what sets like six (laughs) o'clock?
1: No, in the summer it's it's like eight, but yeah, during no during the winter it was like four, and luckily my boss at the time was very understanding and uh, <laughs> I'd be like I, I'm gonna work so hard during the day to get done and then can I just dip I'd be starting to poke my head out the window at like four o'clock and I'd see the clouds and be like oh man I gotta get out of here dude
0: that's <laughs> epic um outside of that what were you doing you know before even before Instagram and photography like give me a little background on just like your your life before then I know you you know you and I chatted about you were an engineer uh you play sports or do anything like that beforehand
1: yeah I started um, when I was two years old playing tennis and played every day almost every day of my life um two or three hours so I trained to be truly a professional and I in college I was all-american won a national title and I kind of
0: you can tell me that bro yeah that's so
1: right yeah it's cool um so I was I was very 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 serious about it and I did electrical engineering at the same time as that and so that was a big struggle um trying to, to balance those two things and I tried to play professional tennis for like a couple months after college. And I got to the point where I realized like it just, I wasn't good enough. And I, I could either try to struggle for five or 10 years and go after it. But I kind of threw the towel in and I always looked back on that and I wasn't sure if I made the right decision. And I went off into engineering and got into photography and all that. And so for me, like four or five years into my kind of photography as a hobby pursuit, I kind of had the choice where I needed to decide whether or not I wanted to make a run and and go after like photography and videography and social media and that marketing world is like a full-time pursuit and drop the engineering. And I always looked back on my decision uh, with tennis that I I didn't really pursue something I was like passionate about. I kind of just gave up. Mm. And so that really like propelled me to go chase, you know, my current pursuits is that it was like my second chance almost. And so that's why, like one of the reasons why I quit my engineering job, which was like a very unpopular decision in my family. (laughs) Uh, My parents were just, freaking out like you spent five years in college you've done this for seven years like 21 years old to 28 years old as an engineer and now you're just going and like taking pictures around the world like there's such a confusing decision right. uh, from their perspective dude so
0: let's talk about that for a moment yeah. because you're not the only one in that situation there's right. a lot of people that come from uh various backgrounds to where you know law engineering medical fields this that and traditionally speaking no one views this
1: as like a real job yeah for sure
0: how did you communicate with your family like how like
1: that must have been really rough yeah it was rough i mean i think it was just explained to them i mean they could see how passionate i was about it which is obviously like comforting to them um Mm -hmm. but just really like explaining the opportunity in it i mean it's it's such a unique time um where we're at with instagram and being able to share your work being able to contact brands that easily being able to, uh, I mean, it's, everyone's so accessible now, which is, it's like truly, I think like the best time ever that you can literally find out a marketing director at, you know, an airline or a tourism board just like that and reach out to them and, and showcase your work so so easily. Like your Instagram's almost your, your portfolio. You don't have to send people, you know, all these prints of your work. I mean, everything's just right there for people to see. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think for me also, like the big realization for me was that, You don't have to just quit engineering or or tech and all that stuff Um, to pursue photography. You can still look for opportunities in the field that you're passionate about. So if you're quitting walking away from medicine and you're walking away from engineering uh, to pursue photography and videography, Like maybe you can still work for startups and shoot viral media for them and take equity in some of those pursuits and still stay involved in the tech world. I mean, everyone needs media. Everyone needs to advertise a product and to be able to show... What they have to offer as a business so if you want to go do photography and videography you can work with companies in whatever field you want to work in you don't have to just be a photographer right. i mean that's a label of course for like what you know your your title is but in the, the day you can there's so many different types of photography or videography or digital marketing like the stuff that i do is so different than the stuff that you know my best friend is a photographer does you know we're all just pursue what we're most passionate about and you over time, steer to different industries and you find your bread and butter and what you're passionate about and what you think you do best. And, you know, that's kind of what you settle into, um, at least for me.
0: No, most definitely. And I think there's a lot you can, uh, I love how you said, you know, Chase, you can still, if you're in, in engineering, you can still do photography and pair it with engineering. Yeah. And oftentimes I think that's the best way to go about it. Like, who would you rather have shooting your automobiles, a photographer or a guy who's super into, you know, he's a mechanic, understands cars, build, spent half his life or whatever, five years building cars and stuff, and now he's a photographer. That dude's going to have a way deeper understanding of how to communicate the core message of the yeah. brand and whatever you're doing and et cetera. And, and that goes for any field. And so there's so many ways to pair passions and expertise. It doesn't have to be like one-sided.
1: And that's your in right there. That is that is your pitch when you go to these brands and you're, you're pursuing these companies that you've always dreamed about working in for you know companies that you think you're a great fit for that's your end you know say like hey I come from <clears throat> this engineering world I'm so you know I'm I am a photographer but you know like I I get your product you know I understand the tech side of it but I also understand the photography side and I think the power of those two is what I think makes like me unique as a photographer it makes my offering to a company unique It's like hey I get your tech background I, I get the people you're going after, and why you're building what you're building. And I think I understand like how I can capture that through media and how I can showcase that to an audience most efficiently,
0: dude. Absolutely. And before we dive in, cause I know you and I, like we're about to definitely dive into this business stuff. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be really fun before we do that though. Yeah. Uh, we've been having such an awesome week out here at condo 3.0. Yeah. Uh, the community is insane. Like I'm sitting with you. I've been getting to hang out with all the boys. And so, you know, a, I want to know what the best part of the event so far has been for you. And, and, you know, and I want to understand like, what does community mean to you? And why do you think that's important for us as creators? Yeah, I think, I mean,
1: this, the best, for, I'll answer the best part of the week for me. The best part is just all the the little photo missions, just going out with like everyone. It really reminds me of like, the early days of Instagram when everyone was just meeting up and going and creating cool stuff together, like putting egos aside. Um, it just it's like we were talking about it's just something you don't like see as much anymore. Like you'll go out and shoot with your couple friends, but like very rarely is like this many people like coming together for an event. Like I, I can't even think of another time where this really happens. Um so just the fact that everyone prioritizes coming to this and hanging out together and being like friendly and just like sharing their knowledge, I think that's like my favorite part about this. Um, I, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I don't really, really care too much about like the pictures or video I get this week. It's just more like having fun with everyone and learning, like being open to learning, I think is the, the biggest thing too. Cause obviously Sony's putting on all these classes for us about public speaking about how to run, how to do better pitches, you know, a lot of stuff like you don't, you think you know, kind of already know a little bit about, but, um, just being able to, you know, put your ego aside and be like, Hey, I have like a ton of opportunity to learn here from people who are very knowledgeable in, Fields that I can probably, you know, pick up a couple things in. So I think that's just like the, my favorite part of the week for sure.
0: Dude, I love it. What about the uh, community aspect of just
1: that home base? Yeah, I mean, I think community, I mean, that's what Instagram was really built upon at the at the, the early stages, right? I mean, it was getting together with a bunch of people wherever you lived and going out and, you know, thinking of cool ways to to shoot stuff. And it was, those early days of like the, the instant me days and all that stuff is how like people really like became more passionate about photography and they learned and they saw the world in a new way. Like I remember I used to go to a couple of those and I would see people like shooting in puddles and I'd be like, Whoa, I never even thought about like going like shooting from that perspective. And that's like why now, like a lot of the time when I go to shoot at the beach, like I go shoot in tide pools and I'm trying to like find like different angles and stuff like that. And that, that all stems from, like learning from the community and seeing like how people view this world like differently from yourself. And so, yeah, that's like, I don't know. There's, there's so much to learn at these events and it's, it's really hard to stuff it all into a week. Like (laughs) you just feel like you could stay here for a couple of weeks and just keep talking to people and everyone's, it's incredible how everyone's like so successful in like so many different ways here. Like each person who you talk to has, has either built a business doing something unique or they've accomplished like some incredible things in their career. So Like, just pick anyone and talk to them, and you're probably going to learn something.
0: That's so true. Like, I think that's one of the raddest parts about being here as well is that, I mean, it's not even, like, there's lines for people to speak to a specific guy. It's like, you know, the the people are everywhere. Like, there's amazing people here everywhere, and you can literally say what's up to anyone and meet a really awesome, interesting, and inspiring person.
1: It's powerful, but it's cool to see that everyone... (laughs) finds like equal value in it. Like we're all, we're so excited to have the opportunity to talk to some of the Sony engineers about the technology and the products and being able to share like what we think would be most valuable for them to incorporate in future revisions of products. But they're equally just as excited because they don't get the opportunity to to talk to us like in this environment either. So it's cool to see like everyone is embracing the opportunity, you know, pretty evenly across the board. Dude, most
0: definitely. So what, what was the moment when you realize this Instagram thing is fun, but I think there's a lot more to this, and I'm gonna flip that switch. What was when did the when did the switch flip? When you started to realize I can make a career out of this, like this can become a business. I yeah,
1: I actually have a very distinct moment. So this is probably uh I think I had maybe thirty or forty thousand followers at the time, and I got my first offer for a, a tourism board, like a travel job. And at that point in time, I had just done a couple of like collabs with local companies. I I was trying to build up my portfolio a little bit from a product perspective. So I had worked with a, like a sunglasses company and a, a watch company and was we just kind of taking some product shots and then uh, Visit Jordan reached out to me. So they were like Jordan as a country was one of the first countries to really embrace like marketing through Instagram, Twitter, and the King Queen had allocated a huge tourism budget to specifically just pursuing growth on digital platforms. And so I remember I went on that trip and I told my boss like I was going to be going to Jordan and they thought it was like a scam. They're like are you sure this is like a legit email? I was like yeah, it's like from their tourism board like and they 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 couldn't even like fathom that a country would like fly people out just to take pictures like that. It was really <laughs> the early days of like tourism boards reaching out to photographers and like people going about building businesses this way. And so for me I went on that trip, and I had, like, lunch with the queen there, and that was, like, my first eye-opening experience to, like, man, like, people are actually starting to when take... Well, you had lunch with the queen? Yeah. Girl, what? How was that? It was wild. I was like, I was extremely nervous. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> shaking. There was a bunch of news cameras, like, which on me, I thought I was going to, like, trip and fall into her, and, like, something, I was going to get in trouble, but... Yeah. No, but that was, that was truly, like, the one eye-opening moment I had where, like, man, people are actually taking this, like, very seriously, and, like, people are starting to... Allocate marketing budgets to it, and that's. I got home. I bought a nicer camera. Uh huh. Um, I started trying to think about like how my photography could be used as like a medium for companies. Like if I'm just going to go and take sunset photos at the beach every single day after work, like that's cool and all, but can I start trying to like incorporate my friends into it? Like try to shoot like more lifestyle stuff. Can I like go on some road trips and like incorporate like the cars we're driving, our camping setups, and like try to just showcase like a little bit more variety while staying like distinct to like the style that you love most which for me is like bright vivid like neon colors like I I love that and so which I think is like interesting too on Instagram because a lot of people you know go for kind of like more muted tones and they want their their work collectively to have like a very similar vibe and flow which which I've always appreciate but for me I just like like eye-catching like aggressive <laughs> neon colors and like that's something that I've always tried to like gravitate towards and like capture my work. I feel like on Instagram, you only have truly like a split second nowadays to catch someone's eye, whether it's on the grid or on the explore feed. And so for me, that was kind of my approach was how do I like either through, uh, you know, light or through color or through my composition, like capture someone's eye very quickly and and get them to pause and like, think about the shot for a second.
0: I think it's important to be thoughtful, right? Like it's one thing, like everyone has to understand their goal. First and foremost, I think that's probably where we should start, right? Yeah. If you're going to be on Instagram, there's, there's, there's so many, uh, ways to utilize the platform Mm -hmm. and you really need to start with your goal. Like, what is the goal? Like, is this just for fun? Then cool. Are you trying to create a business? Then great. Great but the depending on what your end game is and what your goal is you're going to go about it differently like if it's just passion then yeah like you may want to shoot something specifically the way that lights you up inside yeah. but if you are creating a business and you're trying to hone in on a specific market or a niche or whatever it may be then like you have to make sacrifices it's not just about you being an artist like that does play a role but like you said you understand how to develop a style that pops and can get people's attention and things like that and that has to play into what you're doing
1: depending on what your goal is yeah, and I th- it's like an unpopular opinion, and I mean, I, I just try to be really realistic with it. It's like if you're going to go for uh, a really distinct and unique style that is going to make you stand out from everyone, and it's it's so different than what other people do, that's great. Like, go for it, but you also have to be realistic that that may not work with a lot of brands. So you have to be realistic, like, with with your art that you're so passionate about, shooting what you love and and, you know, creating the art that you love but also understand like if you're going to make a business out of this and if you are going to be successful from a business perspective, like you need to create art or media that works and fits with other people's vision as well. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's times where you stay true to yourself, which is obviously extremely important, but there's also times where, you know, you have to try to warp what you love and what you do and make it fit into someone else's vision as well and find a way to, to stay true to yourself, but also work with people. I mean, it's, an unpopular opinion, like I said, because I think a lot of people are like, Well, you know, you should always just do the art you love and people will find you. But at the end of the day, like look at any other business out there. Like it's it's about, you know, I could be like a barista and be like, oh I, I'm sorry. Like I like the burnt this like super crispy dark coffee and <laughs> like that's Dude. just what I do. <laughs> and if you know you're gonna customers are gonna come to me and they're gonna appreciate my coffee. It's like, well, you might need to like start making it a little bit differently if you want to like grow the business. Like it's everything, you know? Right. So
0: So what do you think are like some practical things that like someone could do like uh because I totally agree. It's like if you're going to launch a new product or new business, you're identifying, you know, what is the problem? What is the solution? Who is it for? Yeah. But with art, people think, and if you that's the difference. What's the goal? If you're an artist and you just want to make art, then make art. But that's different than I want to make a career out of this. Because if you want to make a career out of this, that's like me being like I love product development and I make the craziest products. And then I try to turn it into a business and then I'm struggling and I'm upset and angry because no one's buying my product. But at the same time, Eric's like Prince, you know, what would you you make that for? Like, no, like you made something that no one wants and now you're upset because you're not making money. And that's really difficult. Like everything has to have a market. And then for those very few people, sometimes you're so good, you're so different. Luck, lightning strikes and your stuff is just so out there that it creates a new wave and then people just hop on that. But See, that's, that is, a, that's the hard part because there's always
1: outliers and there are people who, who do create that crazy unique stuff and they're so successful. So it's easy. It's easy to point at them and be like, well, you know, look at that person. Like they, they do that. But I mean the vast majority of people have to adapt styles to, to businesses, to potential clientele. And you have to be realistic with what you're creating. Like does it provide to value to someone, you know, at the end of the day, like you have to provide it Goes both ways you have to bring a value to a company and they have to appreciate that value. And a lot of time goes into to, you know, your niche that you do and your unique style and your vision. Like, obviously it takes a long time to truly develop that and build that unique sense. But at the end of the day, like you, you just got to find a way to explain that value to someone, you know, like if people don't get it, maybe it's you, you know, not yeah. them.
0: Well, so I have like a, a framework that I share with my friends who Uh, Sometimes they're struggling trying to figure out their career path or uh, a business idea or whatever it may be And I just realized that I can apply that same framework to photographers So you you can draw three circles and then have like kind of like a nucleus of the circles uh, The epicenter where they combine and you can in one circle you can write down all the styles of, of media that you Love to create that you're really passionate about, you know landscape portraiture, whatever you're you know You're really just lights you up inside Then in the second circle you can fill in uh, all the things you're good at just because you love portraiture doesn't mean you're actually good at portraiture. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you can fill in all those things. And then in the last bucket uh, circle, you more or less fill in, you know, what are, what are, what are people into? What are brands willing to pay for? What, like what's the market? Like what are people spending money? And then you'll start to find things that click and you're like, Oh, I kind of connected the dots. I'm, 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 I like landscapes. I'm good at it. And I noticed that brands are spending money in the this, in this space. I see that they're creating content out in the space. I see that this is happening. And you can obviously go more uh, granular with that into yeah. specifics. But you know, I think utilizing frameworks like that makes it a lot easier for us to get our thoughts out on paper so that we can actually take action and move forward. A lot of us, I think, just get stuck because we don't have a, a clear path.
1: To move well, forward. That's a good exercise too because it, it very clearly will show you like the overlap and where the common ground is. And the common ground is the ground that the business gets done on. It's not the extreme towards the business side because you don't want to break for that. Mm-mm. But it's not the extreme the other way because that's maybe... The, the brand just won't resonate with you know that unique vision enough. So finding that overlap is when actually like all the business happens. It's the win win.
0: Yeah, and if you do it right, you have time to really, and then you still can then do your passion projects on the side. Yeah, like, well
1: that's the way it should be too. Everyone should feel like they're winning, right? Like you should you should feel like you made a good wage for the job, and you were happy with what you shot, and the brand should feel like that they got good value as well. I mean everyone, there's no way business should ever feel one sided. If it feels one sided, it's not sustainable long term, and that's probably not a client that you're going to get recurring work for or you're going to want to work for it again. I couldn't agree
0: more. So, what are some some ways that you think Instagrammers, influencers, photographers, uh however we want to identify them as, what are ways for them to uh take Instagram to the next level?
1: I think for for me, I think it's hard because Instagram started off as this like a fun creative platform, which don't get me wrong, it still is. But once the business started really pumping into it, I think a lot of people like didn't change the way they view the platform. So they they still see it as, you know purely just a, a fun little platform. And then when they do these big jobs, I don't think a lot of people take them seriously enough. Like these are a lot of these jobs are like legitimate companies investing in this platform. And keep in mind, this industry popped up in the last four or five years. So for a lot of these companies, like, They're still trying to figure it out. This is the first time that they're dedicating significant resources to marketing on digital platforms. They're still trying to understand how to go. A lot of them are utilizing third party companies to try to vet influencers or they're, they're working with an agency who does a lot of that stuff for them, but they're trying to figure out how to do this as well. So I think it's important to realize like that the way you treat these jobs now sets the framework for the whole industry. And if you blow off deliverables in the contract or you don't honor a contract and you're like, oh, I'm actually not going to shoot this thing that I said because I just don't really want to do this anymore. Like that just it leaves such a bad taste in the mouth of the industry. And it it might be a reason why a brand decides, hey, like we got burned doing that last time. Like we're not going to dedicate the resources to it this time around because we just didn't get the return on it. So I think people carrying themselves and like I always try to over deliver. I'm like if I I know I said I'd give you 30 shots, but I got 40 or 50 cool ones like i'm not gonna stockpile them and like just sit on them like you you're gonna have value you paid me you know something i was comfortable with and i think you're gonna get value out of this extra stuff and that right there might be the reason like man we got some good value out of that like we're gonna put more money into it next year or we're gonna go blow this up and hire like three or four influencers now instead of just one to do this kind of stuff that's um, that
0: x factor though the over delivery like hey yeah we're gonna do 30 selects and then you shoot an email and you send them 50 because like you said at the end of the day what are you going to do with those photos? You're not going to post those photos. You're not going to. They're just going to sit on your hard drive. For what? Because, yeah. you're, because you're being you're being short-sighted. And because you're not being paid for the other 20 photos. You're not like. Think about how much. Think about the taste it's going to leave in their mouth when you over deliver. And how excited. And they're like, wow. Eric's our boy. He took care of us. Anytime we need to do anything. Make sure we make sure you hit up Eric first.
1: He's the first call. Or not only that, but it, it, you know, might not realize that the lasting effect that that carries over into the industry. Like they might invest in Absolutely. you and a couple of your friends next time to go do a bigger shoot.
0: So it's even bigger than you. Yeah, and it goes it, 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 it the goes the other space. way. Like I was
1: saying too. Like I know if you burn a company, like you may hurt other people. You know, because that company's not going to go to people in your space anymore because they're gonna be like this isn't worth it for us. Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't really understand that like the way that they treat this industry because it's such a new industry and it's still molding and taking shape and Instagram changes every couple of weeks. Like stuff changes so quick in this industry and the the way you treat it and the way you build your business now is like shapes it for everyone else. So, so I, I think, I don't know, I I always try to, like when I see my friends getting sponsored work or even just other people in the industry, like. You should not feel jealous or anything about that. Like you should be so stoked when, yeah, they hired someone else other than you, but hey, it's a win because they spent money in your space, which is a huge, huge thing right there that you should be supportive behind. So you should always comment on your friend's sponsored work. You should go say this is this is awesome. Like, like so stoked to see you working with these guys. Like brands read that stuff. They wanna see the return on their investment. They're gonna go read the comments. They wanna see that they are getting value from investing in these digital platforms. And right. so I think every time someone does a sponsorship post, you should be supporting them because it, it's a win-win.
0: That. I love that mindset shift there because two, two times often, it's like the crabs in a bucket to where instead of supporting and being like, heck yes, Eric, like that's awesome. Congrats. This is sick. It's like, oh, he got that. I didn't get that. And that
1: that's well, just the wrong way. That's a natural reaction, of course. I mean, you're going to be – you always want to be doing – jobs. And if you see someone do like a job with a bucket list, that's the
0: abundance mindset. Abundance mindset is like, there's enough for all of us. There's enough for
1: everyone. Scarcity is like,
0: you know, Oh, he got that. And that's just a, I mean, scarcity is just a really poor way to that mindset. just, it doesn't allow growth and it it hinders you
1: for sure. I think it's very important to be optimistic about the industry. I mean, it's Instagram is growing. It's not going anywhere. It's crazy to me that there's not even a competitor on the horizon I mean, there's always articles that come out about influencer marketing and about the platform, but look at numbers and, and look at realistically, like what else is there out there? Like no one else is, is posting their work on anything else. No one else is getting tons of business and no other, companies aren't investing in different platforms versus, and obviously there's like YouTube and other stuff, but there's no true competitor out there for what Instagram does.
0: And, 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 s- and go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just saying. And so the fact that brands are are allocating resources to it is it's so good for creators and we should always be supporting. Like when we see those campaigns going down, you should be first one on there commenting and driving that post up and bringing awareness to it.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, there's still brands that are just like just now moving into social. Like, yeah. I mean, we're just, this thing is just getting started. Like, it is very much st- still in the early phases. I know. It's crazy. And now, you know, now I'm out at these conferences and I'm at these events, and no one ever used to talk about, you can't measure social. There's no ROI in social. We don't understand social. And now everyone, Sony's a perfect example. A7R4 release, you were there. What's the first thing they led off with? They showed you, look at these massive social media numbers we're doing. Look at the amount of people talking about Sony. Look at the amount of impressions. Look at, Like no, no brand used to ever, ever uh, tie that to success. They are the number one camera seller in the world right now of the mirrorless cameras. And they tied that success back to social. And that blew my mind that they just came out and just said it that direct and made me so happy and made me realize, dude, we're so fresh to the space. The smartest companies are getting it. And everyone's there's still an onslaught of of brands moving in, and there's plenty of work to go around.
1: Yeah, well, it still blows my mind when people say that they can't measure like the return on investments in social or digital media. I mean, it's so readily accessible to pull numbers. I was talking to a director of a big hotel, and he was saying in the olden days they were always taking out ads and like travel and leisure magazines like that. And I was like, well, how do you measure that? I mean, of <laughs> course the the magazine can say well, our distribution is, you know. 500,000 copies of our magazine. But how many just sit on magazine shelves? How many never got distributed or in a warehouse somewhere? How many are just in a, a dentist office? And you'll never know how many people opened a page eleven of the magazine and looked at your ad. You can yeah. never tell anyone. Cut
0: it out and put it on their fridge. You
1: can never tell it's anyone. Like now now I Instagram. can tell you can get all that stuff. I can tell a brand to the exact one how many people downloaded it to their device. Right. And so if you're smart about it, you can package the numbers and present the data very clearly, like, hey, here's Here's what I have to offer. And this is of course, if you're, if you're going from a purely social media perspective, which is what most of my jobs are. But I mean, I'm, I'm very upfront about numbers. Like, Hey, here's, here's the reach. Here's the audience. Here's the impressions. Here's realistically what you can expect from a campaign out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I lay it all out there. I don't, I don't make them ask a bunch of questions. I, in in my first emails, I'm, I'm giving them a deck. I'm giving them a media kit with all the numbers. Um, I over, what's your
0: approach. So when you reach out to a brand, uh, What's your approach? You see, I, some, you're on Instagram. You see a rad brand. You're like, wow. Or it's a maybe it's a brand you've already been buying their stuff for years, and you're like, I love this
1: brand. I'm gonna reach out. Yeah, I'm, I guess there's two ways. I mean, if if a brand reaches out to me, um, I'm I'm always responding with like a media kit, my audience breakdown, um, some theoretical rates um, for kind of the scope of the project. But yeah, if I'm reaching out to a brand, I'm a lot more diligent. I mean, I'm I'm brainstorming what what I want to do. And I think a lot of people don't even reach out to brands, which, which is crazy to me, because I think if you reach out to a brand you're doing, you don't realize that, but you're doing so much work for them. Like think about it from the brand side, like the brand, when they decide to do a campaign, they have to think about, okay, you know, first of all, like, what do we want to do here? That takes time, probably tons of meetings mm-hmm. to plan out what they, what vision they have. Then they have to go and try to figure out which people they want to shoot it. They have to go try to think about which influencers would bring the most value. They probably have companies or tools that they pay. That takes time. And then they have to go have calls with you to go their vision, your vision. You know, where's the overlap? What is it going to end up looking like? That takes so much time. So if you can go to a brand that you want to work with and be like, hey, here's my idea for a shoot. Here's why I think it's going to do good. Here's where I'm I'm going. Here's like the type of content that I'm going to shoot. It's either like a mood board or like some inspiration pieces or past stuff that you've shot that looks like that. Um, and then here's like, Hey, here's ballpark, what it would cost to do that. And what I would deliver, you just save them so much time and effort and put it together in a little deck for them with some visuals so they can forward it up the chain to whoever they need to. Yep. And you can, you can actually steer the jobs that you get towards what you want to do. Like a lot of people are, are kind of bummed that they're like, Oh, I have to go do this job for this company. And this is what they want. But like, if you're pitching the jobs, like you can build it out however you want. You can go to french polynesia and go shoot all this underwater stuff if you can explain the value of it to someone and lay it out very visually and and showcase what you could actually bring back to them do what you want
0: absolutely it's also like taking that more consultative approach so like you're talking about how you have friends that are get upset because they have to go brand hit them up and say this is what we want yeah that's what they want. And if you say yes, you have just become an order taker. You know, it's like you're at a restaurant. It's like, you know, get me eggs, fries, blah, blah. You're low value. Like, but when you respond, okay, sounds good. Why do you want a video? Oh, we want a video because we're trying to reach teenagers. Oh, okay. Well, why are you trying to reach teenagers? Oh, we were trying to reach teenagers because like, that's our, that's our prime market. And those are the people who are like, okay, well, you know, teenagers, like, you know, there's 1 billion teenagers on the planet. So yeah. like, who specifically, like, are these, what do these teenagers do? What do they, you know, what do they live? What are they into? And then you start getting deeper and then you might come out to realize that they need a lot more than a video and they didn't actually know the audience that they're trying to commun- communicate with. Yeah. And now they start to see your value. Like, oh, wow, this guy isn't just like a photographer. This guy's giving us all this. He's, like, he just just made us realize we don't understand our customers. We don't have, like, we don't have a customer avatar. And he just helped us create one. And yeah. now they're like... Your value just went from a cheap photo shoot guy to, hey, we want you know we want to put you on retainer or this campaign just went up 10x in price because yeah. there's a much deeper understanding uh, and there's a lot more value being delivered here than just taking some pretty photos and so there's a lot of ways to approach it and I love what you said about responding with the deck and all that good stuff and even to take it a step further, you know, someone like you that may work better because like you have a platform. But someone that's smaller may not get the same response, just reaching out and being like, this is my idea, et cetera. But maybe if they ask in one email, this is my deck, this is my information, I'd love to hear what your guys' top three business goals are, and I'd love to put together, you know, I'd like to shoot you ideas back on how I can help you achieve these results through what I do. And now your pitch is in alignment with what they're looking for. So when the marketing director takes it to her team or whoever it may be, it's not just like some wild card right. idea. It's it's on on point with their business goals, which is gonna you know uh, give you a much higher you know conversion rate on on closing those types of deals.
1: Well, I think building a building a pitch deck and going after business is unique to each person based on their strengths. So mm-hmm. if I have if I think my my social audience and my reach is one of my strong points, that's what I'm leading with. That's why I think I'm valuable to a brand, and I'm gonna lean heavier on those numbers versus the content side of it. Back when I had a smaller following, I realized that I don't have, I don't have a million followers, so I'm not gonna just go out there with all the social numbers because that's not my strongest point. Maybe I need to lean heavier on the content deliverable side of it because I don't have as big of a social audience to fall back on. I guarantee the guys who have five or 10 times my audience don't have to generally deliver as much content as I do because they lean heavier on, hey, I can reach 10 times that on one single post, so I'm only gonna do one post on that campaign. I'm like, well, I did not I'm probably have to do three or four posts, you know, to reach the numbers that this brand's hoping to get. So be realistic with what like your strengths are and what value you bring, what areas you bring value in. If you have to bring someone else onto a campaign to hit an area of your weekend, whether it's like, Hey, I'm not, I don't think I can produce a video to level this brand wants, or I can't shoot underwater to level that this, you know, project needs, like you might need to go grab someone. If they want to reach way more people than I have the ability to, maybe I need to go grab one of my friends for this pitch who has, you know, five times my audience and he's going to be the one who's the leading social person for this project. So I think it's important to uh, like no one pitch is the same as another mm-hmm. and no one, you know, every individual has to be realistic with what their strengths and weaknesses are when they need to lean on other people or how to, you know, structure the deck based on those different variables.
0: Dude, no, I agree. You have to be, uh, you have to be aware yeah. of the environment and, no deal's the same you can't and you don't want to blanket blast you know things out like you really yeah. want to uh you don't want to be spraying and praying like right. you, really, you want to be a sniper and
1: yeah but I I think there's times when I I mean I I spray and pray sometimes I'm I'll be completely honest like when I I'll go and like if I'm going to Africa and I want to go on safari like a lot of people are afraid of rejection which is I like, why I think one reason why they're not going out there, reaching out to a lot of brands, they just don't want to be told no. Right. And for me, like I'll reach out to, uh, to 10 different safari places. I think I could, that would be epic to stay at. And like, I, I also laid out to each one of them, like, Hey, here's who I am. They've never heard of me. I right. mean, Hey, here's the date I'm going to be here. Here's, you know, my audience, here's the, what I could you know deliver. Like if I stay a few days and have this experience and I don't care if I get nine out of 10 no's. I could care less. I just need that one person to say yes. And it goes the same way. Like just, just go after opportunities. Like, you never know if I don't care if I get, well, you have to bat. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, 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 and I think I shouldn't have said you shouldn't spray and pray. Uh, now nah, we're, like, we're I be, thinking of different things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because, because I've, you know, I've done that, uh, as well, but I think there's times like, right. So like when we were young four years ago, I'm at CES, I'm getting every business card and every single person's getting an email. Yeah. Like even all the random Aldi, blah, blah companies, like <laughs> everyone got an email, yeah. you know? Uh, and then as you become, uh, as you grow into your space, as you learn more, as you start to deliver results and stuff, you can get more defined with your, you know, with your work. And a lot of times you start getting word of mouth and all of a sudden you get repeat business. And then all of a sudden you've done enough campaigns with a brand that now you're on retainer. And now, now all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're actually just chilling with five brands that you work with on a monthly basis. And you're not really ever looking for new business you just spend the rest of the time doing what you're passionate about
1: let's let's talk about that too that right? retainer about model? like retainer model yeah because yeah. I think that's one thing like a lot of people are missing like I see so many people doing these one-off campaigns and they'll bounce around to another campaign bounce on to another and like I just feel like you're missing out on a lot of opportunity just not building these long-term relationships so I mean I think the most valuable thing is when a brand hires you for a shoot or for a campaign or whatever it is and it goes well like you should be on the phone the next week. Like, how do we build this into a recurrent thing? And like the easiest thing I always go to is like a seasonal model. So if I have a car company I do a shoot with and it goes really well, or if I have a cruise line, I'm like, hey, I just build it off seasons because I think that's like very structured. It's every three months. It's it's easy for them to know when it's coming. And that's oftentimes how budgets are planned out, right? Quarterly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's do a summer campaign, let's do a spring campaign in a different spot, a fall campaign with fall colors somewhere. And that's kind of like one thing that I always try to build, and just a model that's actually brought a lot of success to me, is like, how do I turn a one-off job that went well into a regular thing? And I think that that's how you start building like a really sustainable model in this really unpredictable industry. Don't get me wrong; it's like all over the place. Instagram, oh, yeah. but there's ways to take steps and realizing who takes it seriously and how do I how do I get in with them and get aligned to their their marketing team so that the stuff that they are thinking of and coming out with, I can actually help take shape and steer that to things that I can do well. Right. And I think that's how you actually build like a really stable, sustainable business, which is what we all want. We, we don't like the roller coasters, right? Like I'm dude, the no. biggest thing when I changed from engineer, that was terrifying was like the cyclical income and like the dude, you get a huge paycheck and then you don't get email for three weeks. And you're like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, do I need to go see if I can get my job back? <laughs> but I think there's ways to, uh, to take steps to build like, sustainability and regularity in this uh, industry but you have to be diligent about it like no one I mean I shouldn't say no one but most of the time like the brand isn't going to see the vision that you have and it's a little scary for them to commit to it but if you lay it out there like this went so well like we can do this regularly like this is something that I think we can knock out all the time and I can just you know help you take a lot of steps out of your creative process if you already know who you're going with you know I perform good work for you you know you like what I do. And it fits the audience that I have. Like, let's just build this thing out regularly, dude. I love
0: that. And you know, I think first and foremost is like, you got to get out of that scarcity mindset. So in the beginning, even outside of retainer model, like the reality is you gotta, you gotta get paid, mm-hmm. but it's like, once you get to a certain point of, of, of revenue coming in, then I think it's really time to, to, to sit back and really figure out how can I get retainers? Yeah. Cause that's, that's, that's when you can think, Better because you can go from from scarcity mindset of where am I going to get money this week to abundance mindset, and you can have time. Then you can have time to develop yourself, to invest in yourself, to learn new skills, to continue your education, uh, and to work on you know marketing and things like that. And the retainer model also has a lot of benefits to the brand, has a lot of benefits to the creator. Not doing retainer models. Also has a lot of downsides as yeah. well. If you're doing a campaign every with, week,
1: people see through the BS with that,
0: Sony headphones, <clears throat> and then you're working with Bose two months later, and then it's like you just really cheapened your brand, man. Sadly, because it's like, like, what do you stand for, Eric?
1: Like, yeah, because no, at the end of the day, no one likes being advertised to, right? Yeah. But if they know it comes from a good place and this this brand fits what you love and everything like that then and you actually have a relationship with them it's not like they're just using you for your audience for your following Mm -hmm. that's that's the importance right there in retainer models is like you're building a relationship which is how it should be i mean that's what we talk about community and all that kind of stuff it goes the same way the relationship between the advertiser and the artist like you you want to be a part of their team you want to build something together and for me that was the biggest thing i missed when i left my engineering job was like it was really fun being on a team, building a long-term project, seeing a project that you that you drew out from its infant stages come to fruition, and that's something that I felt like I lost when I started doing all these one-off campaigns. It was like, man, I'm just jumping around, and doing a shoot here and then a shoot here and then something completely different, and something completely different. I, and what am I building at the end of the day? Like, what what is the long-term plan for this thing? Like, I'm not, I don't even didn't even know what I was actually you know growing into. And so for me, it was like, how do I get invested with a couple companies and like be a part of their team like closer and how do I build stuff out with them long-term so that we can actually see these projects come, you know, and grow together.
0: Dude. Yes, 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 yes. We're just, I mean, so many, so many nuggets here. Um, I love what you said about seasonality. Seasonality is, is very real. And, you know, a lot of brands work in seasons. Like they have their summer campaigns, fall campaigns, winter campaigns, and, 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 and they have various, they have different goals. Like, Fall campaigns—that's high. Con- that's money season. Yeah, that's high conversions. Black Friday, Christmas—like, it's they're gonna—they have different needs during certain times of the year. Where spring might be all about awareness and doing really rad stuff and uh, and whatever it may be. But as a professional, like people need to start. You and I had chatted about this uh, in New York. Photographers need to start thinking of themselves as, as professional marketers, and they need to really start learning. If this is the space you're gonna play in it's a lot more than just taking photos and creating videos. You really need to become a professional and start educating yourself and, and learning uh, the language, being able to speak with a team and understand, you know, when they start talking about conversion rates or uh, various terms, like being able to like communicate and understand where they're coming from and and talk the talk and, 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 navigate those waters.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of people overlook their audience, which I think is, is crazy to me. So it's like you, you built up this Instagram and of course you have like an, a number of followers, whatever it is. And these are random people like around the world who are supporting you. They're looking at your picture, they're commenting and it blows my mind. Like when people, I, I have a lot of friends who they run their, they don't even look at their comment section. And that to me is like so frustrating. It's like people are dedicating time to comment, to support you, to, to help you get business really. Cause at the end of the day, that's what brands are looking for. They're looking for this person has an engaged audience who communicates with them, who, You know, is gonna see what they post. Who actually reads captions? And people are asking like questions left and right. And you just, like, if you just blow all those off, like I feel like you're, you're really turning your back on the people who are making you. So I always like, I'll spend like you you can look at any post I've done in the last like four or five years. Like, Hmm. I'll spend so much time in the comment section, and it it comes out of the expense of my day, of course. But it's a driving factor to why I think like you can be more successful in this space. The second I started. Taking the comment section more seriously and making sure I answered camera questions. If someone asks me a question in the DMs, I respond to them. Like I don't overlook that factor because that's at the end of the day, one of the reasons why you're successful. Like if you're getting one comment on your work, like you're not gonna get the same work as if you have an engaged like audience who yep. supports you and they're they're gonna see through like fake support, like just a thumbs up or liking. If you just like comments or stuff like that, like answer questions. Like remember the early days when you when you didn't have a following, and this is like just me standing on a damn soapbox, but <laughs> it's like when I was just starting off on Instagram, I used to write like big photographers and I had all those questions and like people with big accounts and they just blow me off. And I was like, if I ever get a bigger audience, like I'm not going to turn into that person. Like I, I just thought I know that pe- they read them and looked at them and then just like, Oh, it's just a dumb time for this.
0: All right.
1: It doesn't take that much time. It takes 10 minutes to, to go through after a post and hit back people who had questions. It's five, 10 minutes out of your day.
0: I agree. I think it's two part though, too. I think, uh, depending, you know, I think there are some people that are extremely busy. Uh, and I think there's other ways too. like if you can't always respond to comments, there's also listening. And I think people that are really in tune, although they may not be responding on an individual level, you can always create content to answer the questions. Right. So you have guys like you and that's awesome responding to people and that's great but it's also great for the guys that don't respond but are listening and then they drop a video that answers all the questions and they uh, everyone keeps talking to me about this new lens bow here's a video about everything i've ever known about this lens what i love about it all these things oh you guys keep asking about business stuff boom just drop the video on exactly how i run my business and things like that and so i, I think it's it's people just want to know that they've been heard it's like I think hey, the underline- i've been heard like it's the value of either a awesome thank you so much for responding and help me or like hell yeah like i'm gonna peter mckinnon's and and these guys that just like produce so much value to where people just keep coming back and they
1: freaking say what they say he listens boom drops a video and they're just like souls on fire yeah i think the underlying tone is like accessibility and just let people know that you're actually there like you're not just this person like this mystical ghost figure behind behind a screen just being open and honest with people and The vulnerability, I think, is what has made a lot of people very successful on this platform. Like people don't necessarily see these people with huge pages as untouchable, you know, celebrities for lack of a better term. But I mean, I like to think that if I went up to someone and with a big following and like asked them a question, they didn't know who I was, like that they're for the most part, like they're gonna be pretty cool and like talk to me. And I think that's like being vulnerable and like that's one thing I've been trying to do like this last year with my captions is I used to just like Think the caption was like whatever just throw together like a, a BS quote or like just yeah. like a, a sentence or something like that but I've like really been trying to put more thought into the captions lately, they just talk about things on my mind like how they relate to the picture and sometimes they're they're kind of off on like a, a weird tangent but like people read them and like people it like hits home with a lot of people and so that's like one thing I've been trying to do just to, as a practice almost to be more open and be more vulnerable and, and treat Instagram like this open art space where yeah I can take these pictures and stuff but hey, like, here's what's, here's what's going on in my life. Like, here's, here's how I see the world. Like, here's maybe like some inspiration for the picture. Like why I thought that this was like important to share, why it's like such a special moment to me. And like, my biggest thing, man, is like trying to have people appreciate like the, the beautiful moments in, in each day. Like take, take a second, like, instead of, you know, just like going on your phone or like watching TV at the end of the day, like, man, just go to the beach, like with a friend and (laughs) just enjoy the sunset. That was like, for me, such a big thing cuz it when i only did work and then i went home and you know went on my computer or something like the day felt like it was just work when i went to the beach even if it was just for like an hour or 30 minutes or something like that i saw the sunset and i i went on a, for a walk on the beach whatever it was like it felt like the day i did more with the day so i you have to wake up earlier maybe wake up an hour earlier and do something you know go on a, go on a run or a bike ride go surf or right. go swim whatever whatever you do you know for fun try to incorporate just one thing like that into your day then the day won't get as consumed with you know something that you don't find as enjoyable
0: that's important for your mental health you know to to keep that balance i'll just give i'll speak from my own experience yeah there's been times in my life where i've just been grinding 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 and just not getting the results my life's out of balance i'm stressed relationships are freaking doing poorly like everything i'm just like what is going on i'm working so hard why is everything just like seems like it's going downhill i think we all have right <laughs> and then and then like I'll, I'll pull back and i'll start having more fun make, make time to go out and paddleboard with the boys on the river uh spend time with my lady you know and when i'm working focus and then all of a sudden things start to thrive it's because it starts with the individual it's like i'm thriving because I am happier and I'm feeling better, which allows me to be in a better mindset. People can hear it. When you're talking on the phone with a brand, if you're not in a good headspace, I can feel you. I can I can yeah. see hear it in your tonality that uh, you're stressed. I don't wanna
1: work with someone that's
0: stressed out. Like, yeah, energy is uh, contagious,
1: right? I mean, like if you're around someone who's like who sees the good in like the little moments and you like want to be around people like that right. it makes your day better it makes everything more enjoyable in your life if you're around someone who's just always negative and pessimistic like we all we all know someone who's like that like over time like you you gravitate away from those people because they, they just carry you down like with them you know so over time i kind of wanted to be the person who tried to make people see things a little bit differently or maybe like appreciate those small moments like if if it's just like yesterday like yeah, you could look at it, like, we went and shot Sunrise. You could be like, oh my God, I gotta wake up at 4.30 in the morning, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, so much, there's obviously ways to look at it negatively, or it could be like, man, that was, like, fun. Like, we had, like, a cool moment at Sunrise. Like, it was all, like, yeah. so fun shooting together. And, you know, there's there's two sides to everything, but being able to see, like, the bright and the colorful moments is, like, I think that's why I shoot and edit the way I do, is I want to showcase, like, the beauty of this world. Like, I, I think there's so many beautiful moments and beautiful places out there. And if you can just open your mind to them and and learn to look at things that way versus the negative way to look at things, then I think it can actually make like your life so much more enjoyable.
0: Dude, just putting the human element back into things, bringing the soul back, like I think that's a big thing. Uh, we're gonna be still moving forward. Pe- people putting more soul into what they do, being more vulnerable, being more open. We all have things we want to communicate, but people keep it locked up. It's the yeah. year of the photographer coming out. Like you want to work with brands and you want to build a brand, you want to be professional, but you don't even have a profile picture. No one even knows what you look like. You're like you're a ghost, and it, and 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 it's odd, you know. Like it, the, like there comes a time where you. Uh, there's certain way then i'm not saying you need to be all over your instagram i'm just saying put a profile picture up so
1: people like but look at why youtubers are generally so much bigger than instagrammers in terms of like people gravitating towards them it's because they put themselves out there they're vulnerable they're they're in front of a camera like you're getting access into into their their soul and like them as a person what makes them tick what brings them joy what brings them pain like their emotions and that's why i think you've seen on instagram like such a shift the early days it was all just about you know, going out and shooting pictures like landscape photography, that kind of stuff. That was the people who were blowing up on Instagram. But over the last like two or three years, the shift to video, the shift to showcasing you as like people are getting in front of the camera more. That was like something that in the early days, like there weren't many people like getting in front of the camera all the time. Now people want to be in their own shots. That's like not for no reason. Like there's a reason why it's happening. It's because people are seeing like the people who are most successful in our space are the ones who are showcasing their personality, who are, going out there and being vulnerable and, like, sharing that side of the, the coin, you know? People
0: connect with people. Like, yeah. it's really, it, it's that simple. People connect with people. Like, I want to connect with Eric. And the more Eric communicates and he gets on his Instagram and says good morning, I'm like, oh, I kind of get a glimpse into his day and I'm just like, dude, like, makes my morning. He just said what up and big old smiled, wished everyone a great day. And, dude, that just lit me up just a little bit. And it's those, it's those small touches that make... All the difference, like it's not, it's not always like the home run. Yeah, it's the daily, it's the touch.
1: Yeah, and word spreads too. I mean, like everyone, if you're a super fun, nice person, like a lot of people, that word spreads. Like <sighs> when I haven't guy. met someone, and you're like, oh hey, how is that guy? Like, and people are like, oh that guy's so cool. Then I'm like, oh I want to meet him, you know, like. <laughs> but if the opposite happens, I'm like, oh I'm probably just gonna steer clear of that guy. You know, like, yikes.
0: Be kind. Yeah, Eric and Eric Ward and I talked about that this morning. Like, be kind. It's really that yeah. simple. Be kind. You'd be surprised how people would move mountains for you if you're just a kind person. You'd you'd be surprised how many times you might, you know, I may be in a room speaking with the brand and a name or someone comes up, oh, like, what do you think about this guy? That's family. That guy is one of the most honest, real, loving, kind, like, dude, when people hear people talk about people like that. Dude, that's a massive vote of confidence. Yeah, and that's why your actions matter. You know, be kind. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, that goes back to what I was kind of talking about about responding to comments and stuff like that. For me, at least, like that's one way. I think that engaging with your audience and if someone asks a question, just answer. Just talk. Just talk to people, man. Like, be, don't treat it as hidden behind a phone. Like two people, like who don't have any way of like knowing who they are and anything like that. Like, treat it as an open conversation. Like it's a line of dialogue. There's another person on the other side. If they I Ask a question or say something nice to you, yo, say, hit him with a thank you. Like, I've had people DM me and with the question, when I responded, they go, Oh my God, I never thought you would like respond to me. I was like, Why? Like, what what gives you that impression that, like, they're like, Oh, I've emailed like our other big accounts' questions and they're like, <laughs> Never have gotten a response. And I was like, Damn, I'm sorry. That, like, that sucks. Like, Dude, I hope it's because they didn't see it, but right. if you just people are just looking at it and just Oftentimes, blowing off people, it's like kind of like sucks. Right. I don't know.
0: Oftentimes that is the case. A lot of times, you know, like on the AOV account, for example, there's a lot of things I don't see, but people that know my personal wonder boy prince will hit me up there always get a response yeah. even better i reply with a video like everyone knows it's like an art it's like a joke yeah people probably like, holy,
1: freak, they probably get freaked ho- out it's like, so cool holy
0: cow you are i can't believe you just took the time to just be like what's up joe prince here yeah so basically you know this is kind of how
1: that's cool maybe, I I, maybe i'll try that
0: dude it's <laughs> it's personal like i'm the same guy i only facetime i only facetime and skype with the brands we work with like if like i want a connection. I'm like, dude, we have the, we have the tools. Like, why would I just text this kid back? When it's I probably could,
1: quicker actually I, to do a video reply it is, than it to be, is to, to sit and to be honest, think out it's, it's a lot faster. <laughs> Yeah, it's, And it's so much more personal, too. Yeah. Like, which is why these conversations and like business meetings, like everything's just better in person. Like sit down and talk to people. Like you learn so much about someone by just listening and, mm-hmm. and seeing them face to face and like hearing like what brings them joy, what bring, what, you know, what they're passionate about. And like, you can oftentimes, you know, grab, parallels to your life and make yourself a better person that goes back to this whole week is like just seeing how people create art, how they view art, like what they're passionate about when they shoot, like seeing all these people take the model, all these models out places and create this incredible stuff. For me, it's like, I don't shoot a lot of portraits, but when I watch all these people out here shooting all these models, I'm like, damn, that looks, they're like having so much fun. Like it's easy to see (laughs) the joy that brings. So I'm like, dang, I should go home and like try to shoot some of my stuff. (laughs)
0: Exactly. It doesn't mean you have to push it. Just have fun. Like, like kids, like kids, like, like I try to just stay five for as long as I can and I and I will and I I'll be five for the rest of my life. But it's that curiosity that always keeps you learning and, and playing and doing things. And so yeah, you may not shoot portraits, you may not post portraits and, and this and that. Doesn't mean you can't go have a blast and hit a portrait shoot and just have the most enjoyable hour, two hour shoot, have fun editing and then just they just chill. Like it like not everything is, is, is meant to be put out and sometimes sadly I feel like people uh, when they get stuck in that mindset, it's like, Oh, if this isn't for work or if it's not in my field, in my lane, I won't touch it. And I, I just, I think that's, I think it's limiting to each his own, but I think it, that type of thinking really limits you because guess what? Shooting portraits might make you a better landscape photographer. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know until you start doing it. And then you realize, Oh my gosh, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at angles differently. I'm just and, and, and that's how life works, you know, is through experiences, you learn and grow, and then you start connecting dots between these different things you've done and you create idea babies. Yeah. You know? Like for,
1: for me, I'm not a food photographer. I don't, I don't shoot food and beverage or anything like that. Mm. But I mean, like I have, a a f- I have, I have, yeah, I have a favorite winery back at home and I reached out to their marketing director. I was like, Hey, I travel, travel the world full time. Like, I think that I could create some like really cool stuff for you guys in like unique positions on the world that you probably like would cost a lot of money for you to get there for shoots um maybe there's a way to work together and like now I'm a member of their wine club and they're like sending me wine and I'm just like every time I'm on a trip I just throw in my suitcase and I would just think like think outside the box I think of stuff in your day-to-day life and like how you could bring value to companies who you utilize all the time but it doesn't have to be a winery but it can be your favorite clothing company you know a shoe company like I'll I'll reach out to shoe companies so I'd be like oh my god I've been wearing these guys shoes for like couple of years. Like I could just be kicking them up on the edge of like cliffs or at beaches at sunset and be getting them some like stuff that they could probably love. Yeah, Like maybe we can start a relationship like that. So yeah, I mean, I think thinking outside the box is just the key to growth and not only your artistic sense, but also as a business, because it's hard to just do one thing and expect you to be successful forever. in this constant changing landscape of Instagram, like if you don't change and evolve, like you're going to die. You have to, you have to be true to what you love and what you're good at but at the same time like if the algorithm changes or something like that you can't get negative about it like don't don't get spun up in things you don't have control over like learn to adapt learn to do things differently learn to to appreciate things for what they are and uh don't get stressed about the things you like don't have control over at the end of the day keep putting stuff out there keep trying hard if you put out good strong work like you're gonna get work at the end of the day don't don't get stressed about it and like not post or you know i've seen some people just like stop posting and stuff because they just get frustrated with it but it's like man just just stick at it and like uh things generally over time work out for those who are passionate about things
0: dude and, and as far as you know people that stop posting or they hit adversity and i will say that every time i've hit intense and adversity in life where i feel like oh my gosh this is just heavy it's so hard uh oftentimes you know that's where diamonds are formed is in that in that pressure and every time that i've gone and i've crossed the rubicon and i said this is the point of no return i've always popped out the other side just and 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 it's hard to it's hard to know when you're in that in the depths you know it's it's scary and you want to retreat instead of pushing forward but i can promise you guys you just got to push forward
1: yeah i mean i i Came out with like a caption a while ago that I was like really happy with, but it was basically <laughs> talking about how like we're all in this roller coaster of life, right? Like everyone has ups and downs, and we're all at like a different stage of it at any given time. Like I could be crushing it right now, and you could be at a low, or vice versa, and you never know like where someone is on that roller coaster, on that wave, you know, as it's coming in. You don't know whether they're they're getting sucked out or whether they're you know riding through a barrel. And so I think it's important too to like share stuff at all moments because like you might have someone else who's going through like a hard time. And if you can just be, if you can stay open and vulnerable to people and if, Hey, if you're going through something or if you, you know, lost some creativity and you're looking to try some new things and you can, can somehow find a way to sharecase that experience. And so still, still, you know, like tell people your story, just even, even in the darker times, you know, like find a way to tell that story because you may hit it with someone else who's going through that same exact thing. And that may be like the light that they need to push them through a dark time.
0: Dude, I love it. We got to wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, I could we si- might just talk forever.
0: I could, yeah, I could sit here and play tennis with you all day long. Well, we, we can just <laughs> we can just speed
1: it up, right? And we talk twice as fast. <laughs> We're going to extend
0: it another hour.
1: Chipmunks <laughs> voices.
0: <laughs> uh, so normally when we end the podcast, we give our guests the floor uh, to share some words of inspiration and motivation with the AOV community. Uh, thank you so much, by the way. Dude, we've dropped... I mean, you've laced the community with so many golden nuggets from this podcast. I don't think there's a single person, professional or non-professional, that wouldn't learn something listening to this episode. So I really appreciate you uh, coming through and, and chopping it up to. with me. And Thanks for having me, dude. Always. And with that said, uh, you know, whenever you're ready, feel free to.
1: Yeah, I'll will just, just echo on kind of the last thing I said and kind of go off on a tangent there. But I, I would just say like if anyone is going through something where they're they're not sure how to pursue they're you know they're something they're passionate about but it's just a hobby at this point they're not sure whether to take the leap or they're not sure what to study in school because they're, you know it might not truly what they be what they want to do at the end of the day or if they're going through like a dark time and they just need to see what inspired like me maybe in a dark moment to, to keep pushing through and pursuing something that I loved uh don't don't be afraid to reach out to me like I'm I'm an open line of communication like I I feel like unless I come I get like 14,000 emails like i'll I'll be there for someone in a dark moment uh as a voice or someone to talk to so yeah like please reach out to me if you have any questions or or just want to know like what got me through a dark time or why i i quit my job or what factors led me to do something if you see it um i'm happy to chat
0: eric rubens ladies and gentlemen at erubes one on instagram make sure to check my boy out eric Uh, thank you